This is Mission Work Optional, sponsored by True Wealth and Company. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to secure your family's investment legacy, create a work optional lifestyle, accomplish all items on your bucket list, and ensure your money outlives you. This podcast will self-destruct in 30 minutes. And now, here's this week's mission with your host, Brian Sarf of True Wealth and Company. Welcome to Mission Work Optional. Uh, glad to have everybody here with us today for our a second mission, if you choose to accept it. Today, our mission is to talk to and interview Brian Paulson, the one and only Brian Paulson, a personal wealth manager in our office, been a longtime friend of mine, been working here with him at True Wealth for how many years are we, have we been together now? Five. That seems like 10. Seems. So I wanted to spend some time with everybody to, to get to know Brian, to get to visit uh, with him. Why don't you give a little background of, of where you started at, how you got to uh, personal wealth management here at True. Sure. So in college, I thought I was actually going to be in the finance industry right out of college. And I got an offer to work for Anderson Consulting. And four years there, they trained me to be a technical person. So I actually built custom applications for finance companies. And then I went to IBM. I think I, I completed my 15-year hiatus or, or, or detour from finance there. Spent, let's see, from 99 to 2014. So 15 years with them. Uh, and again, in the finance industry, building uh, custom apps for companies. So I spent all those years really building out the apps that you and I use on a daily basis. So, you know, understanding what the rules were. I always enjoyed working with those companies and still never lost my passion for finance. I tell people I was my first work optional case. I uh, had a dad that told me to save extra and, and save it outside of retirement funds so that I could uh, have the flexibility to change careers. And so I loved mentoring at IBM and it just became the, the IT as I moved up into the executive ranks, the, the technical delivery started to, to decline and I got more into operations. Kind of, I love that passion for finance and, and for helping people and mentoring people. And I wasn't able to do that. And, uh, you know, then we started talking while we were playing poker one night. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I spent a year and a half doing working two jobs, yeah. basically. You know, getting all the all the things, the prereqs in place to make well, that transition. Well, my concern always was that making a transition is difficult. Mm -hmm. And a high, a high percentage of people don't make it through three years in our business mm -hmm. uh, because it's, it's, it's hard to come out of the gate where there's not a salary. Yep. You're earning it yourself and you're trying to replace the income that it's not just you. It's you and Amy mm -hmm. and, and Grant and Nick, and they all rely on you plus the dogs. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if you don't have any, any, any income for that while well, you're in trouble. So yeah. it was nice that you had had a nest egg saved that you could make the transition and take the time to mm -hmm. do it the right way and not have to, to push. Um, and yeah. so after we talked for a year and a half, then uh, what was that like when you made that career transition to, to leave IBM and actually turn in your notice to leave uh, your company, the benefits, everything they had, and, 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 and walk over here to begin? Well, I think if uh, I think the way most people do it, it would be shocking. It'd be scary because you are walking away from a good salary, good benefits and everything, and you're mm -hmm. starting brand new. You're starting something unknown. But in my case, because I had really been planning it out since I was 30. I, I knew that 
at some point I had to leave that industry. There was just too much travel. I didn't want to be away from the family as the kids were getting older. So I, you know, I think uh, when I left, we had a, a, a very good idea of what we were spending and, and how much we had available that would allow us to have that three year. I planned basically for three years to, mm-hmm. to get over the hump because I knew it was going to take that long. In our case, we, uh, I guess on one hand, it, it uh, could make somebody feel a little bit more nervous. In my case, I looked at it as a safety valve. Amy's a stay-at-home mom. Uh, she, we just, when, when the kids were young, decided it was important to us that she'd be able to hang out with the kids and really um, help them out after school and, and be there. So I was the only salary. I was the only benefit package. And, uh, right. and that was, Healthcare for most everything. people, that would be really intimidating. In our case, uh, you know, we'd... Well, you planned we'd, for it. We'd planned for it. thought about it. It wasn't on a whim. It wasn't... That's a, right wasn't something you just, you know, decided on Friday, hey, I'm going to quit and Absolutely. jump in Monday. It was something you yeah, thought it was into. Very and, and I organized. think that the, the, you know, the message for a lot of those that are, that are listening, you're, by the way, you're listening to Mission Work Optional with, uh, I'm your host, Brian Sarf, and today we're visiting with Brian Paulson. Uh, we both work for True Wealth and Company here in Overland Park, Kansas. What we talk to our clients about that are looking at a mid-career transition is, taking the time to build up the nest egg, to think through the benefits, to, to go out and actually get a quote for what health insurance costs. It's quite shocking Yep. for a family of four and look at all the other costs and everything that, that go along with that. And then whatever you, 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 you think it's going to take to get up to speed at your new position, probably double it. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, you may have better success quicker, but sometimes you don't. Um, and by having that planning in place, which you did, which was wonderful, uh, but I think you know, that those... I know I have clients that are looking at that transition at some point. They want to retire in their 40s or 50s, and they want to do something else. And that's and, what I tell people is I retired, yeah. and I treated it just like retirement. I I knew that did I you, was— Hold on, hold on. Every day was not a Saturday for you. You didn't <laughs> golf every day. You you left IBM and were in here like in four days. So I think it was the next day. That was, but the, what shortest, that was the shortest four-day retirement. Yeah, I, I can't, can't let grass grow under my feet. My thing was, though, I, I treated it like retirement in the sense that I was going to be my own paycheck from that point. So it was a matter of making sure that that we thought through that. That, And it, it was very much like retirement without playing golf and, and sitting by yourself at home and, and you know, do, doing whatever you want to. I, yeah. But this is what, that's the other thing. This is what I wanted to do, and that's what I hear from a lot of my friends is you know a lot of our friends that it's that's why we call this mission work optional because it's not all about just some point at 67 or 70 that i'm going to retire and just hang them up our generation and people in general now are doing things a little differently yeah why work we live too long why work until uh, in a job that you're not happy with until you're 70 just so you can hang them up why not plan and have a strategy to move from career a to career b and maybe there'll be a career c so where'd you grow up? Where was uh, where, where was uh, growing up for you with uh, with Tom and Mary and everybody back home? We moved from St. Louis when I was 10, 10 months old. Uh, we moved to Lenexa, Kansas, lived here till I was 12. Brother and sister were 10 and 8, respectively. And then we moved. My dad worked for Westinghouse, got a transfer to uh, Peoria, Illinois, to become a branch manager there. And so we moved the family. Uh, I was in the fifth grade. Stayed there until junior year, end of junior year, after junior year. And uh, a lot of people ask me, a lot of my friends, why would you want to move your senior year? We had the chance to move back to, uh, to Overland Park. 
we all loved Overland Park. I kind of liked meeting new people and, and getting new opportunities, so I didn't mind moving as a senior. Moved back here, was here for one year, graduated from Blue Valley, and, uh, and then went to Missouri. So, you know, my life, I've mostly been here in Overland Park. And then growing up, you know, my family's all from North Dakota, so summer vacations were going up to see Grandma and Grandpa and in Laverne, North Dakota and Fargo seeing all the all my parents siblings and their families i don't hear the accent though yeah yeah Yeah, you don't (laughs) yeah (laughs) so what uh, what lessons did you learn from your grandma and grandpa about money or maybe i should ask the question of who had the most influence on you about money and saving and and preparing i would say money and savings was my mom and dad my mom and dad and my grandparents showed me the importance of loving what you do, you know, not just chasing the dollar, but do, you know, loving what you're doing because you've got to do it for a long time. Grandpa was a farmer and my dad's dad who passed when, uh, before I was born was also a farmer. So we've always been on farms. They love what they're doing. They work extremely hard and farmers are great at saving. You know, they've got, they have to have a strategy because you don't know if you're going to have a good year or a bad year. So I think my parents got their lessons of, of what to do with money from my grandparents, and that trickled down to me that from a point that I was a young kid, they were always bef- well before high school and college telling me, put 15% away. You'll, you'll never miss it. If you do that day one out of, out of college, you'll never miss the money. But that's not enough. You need to put away additional money not in a retirement fund so that you've got that flexibility to make mid-career changes if you need to. I followed that from day one. And I think the other thing I saw is my parents didn't, uh, you see a lot of people where you, where as your income increases, so does your spending. And having humble roots in North Dakota, you don't, you don't do that. You've got, you get to a place where you really love your neighbors and, and the house is big enough for you and your family the the cars aren't don't need to be flashy so you make decisions my parents made decisions and I Amy and I've done the same thing that you know you don't spend for the sake of spending you live somewhat frugally and that has afforded me the opportunity to to walk away from IBM and not panic not be in a panic what have, your, uh, what have your parents thought about your transition, your career change? My parents have always been a huge supporter of everything uh, along that line. Be- I think partly because they know my mom it was a huge planner, uh, really great at time management, and that she, she instilled that in all of us. And um, as a result... Thank you, Mary. <laughs> so you're supposed to say thank you, That's Mom. That's right. Thank you, Mom. Um, but... You know, as a result, I think they realized that we think things through, we plan them out. Uh, obviously, they had questions because I wasn't leaving a job that most people leave. leave. They retire from it. They don't. Uh, and, and I explained, I did retire from it. I just retired from it at 42. Mom and dad are, I don't care how old you are, mom and dad are always worried about you and concerned that you're thinking things through. And I find that both of my parents are retired, um, that when they were working, you know, they, they thought about my sister and I. But now that they're retired, they think about us and our and our kids, their grandkids, a whole lot more because, as Dad tells me, it's all about family after you retire. That that's you've got a few friends that you have that are close to you, and everything else is family. And you really realize the power of that. That that you know you kind of lose some of that focus when you're working and you have all the distractions. But when it boils down to it, and they've been in retirement now eight years, 
it's all family for them and they're all we're always on their mind that whatever we do here mom and dad are always thinking about it and talking about it and asking questions and i'm sure that your parents absolutely do the same as, as parents do looking after their kids yep absolutely um you know they're asking the questions because they're trying to help now they were in full support they thought it was great but it was i think they got on board because they asked the questions now, does your now, dad, does your dad still work for westinghouse he does not uh, so what does he do now dad has his own business um he he's the type that couldn't just hang him up he needs something to do to keep him busy so so he doesn't drive mom up a wall <laughs> that's a <laughs> that's smart right. thing to do yep so mom uh, ain't happy nobody's that's happy. right so when did he retire from from westinghouse Westinghouse, he left um, when I was a uh, junior in college. Okay. Then so he worked. Then so who did he retire from? He retired from. Uh, he re was in Rockford, Illinois. He moved up to mom and dad moved to Rockford for um, a similar but smaller company okay. that nobody, you know, unless you lived up there, you hadn't heard of him. Right, right. Um, and he worked there up until uh, until he decided to retire early '60s. That wasn't necessarily all his choice. You know, it's like a lot of people, they, they start pushing you out. And um, so he started his own business. And what he does is he focuses on cybersecurity, which is kind of ironic because he didn't grow up in IT. Mm -hmm. So he's shifted into IT while I've shifted out of IT. So we just we kept the, uh, the bar the same level in the house. That's good. That's good. Well, IT, I mean, cybersecurity is something that's not going away. It's getting more intense. And now it used to be that you know, everybody freaked out when they got hacked. Now mm -hmm. it's okay. When am I going to get hacked next? Absolutely. What are you and doing the next time? And the next time, and how are you doing it? And how are you protecting that? And and uh, and I think that's as I look at you know part of uh, the skills that you have that I love that you bring into our business is that technology focus on IT and cybersecurity. Something that I have a reasonable understanding of it, but not to the level that you have and and your dad has. And uh, and 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 it's been great to have you here to help tighten up the strings here a little bit and tighten up the screws and everything on where we have everything security adding in multi-factor authentication setting up backups putting everything on a schedule you know and we've got AT&T here today installing new phones we're going to have a new internet service and should help us upgrade our technology and that's all because of your efforts of putting that together it's good yeah you know you always whatever you do in life you put the tool in your tool bag and you better keep on using it so what do you do for fun what are your what are your hobbies um, what do you do with the boys? Um, and talk about some of those things you do for fun when you're not you're not working and uh, and and saving money. So you you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said the boys. Uh, you know, I've got a 18 year old who's going to college in six weeks, and I've Where's got going? going to K State. Actually, I said six weeks, three weeks now. Hey, what's so he going to study? He is uh, he wants to be an accountant, so he uh, that's why he chose K State. Yep. Great accounting program. Wonderful. Um, program. So for him at 18, and my youngest Nick is 14 starting at Blue Valley Northwest this year. Um, you know, what I do for fun, it revolves a lot around what the boys are doing. So uh, I I'm a huge football nut. Uh, we're right now in that dark period of sports for me between <laughs> February. It's really boring right Between <laughs> uh, the end of the Super Bowl and the beginning of the next football season, but it's getting close. I'm Nick's a football player. And so I'm getting excited to watch him uh, play up at school. There's, a whole, there's, there's about half our audience that just fell out of their chair saying, don't you realize that there's actually, you know, baseball in yep. Kansas City? And there's actually hockey in Kansas City that you can go watch those. I, and I'm a fan of all the sports. Yes. I love basketball, too. Hard to watch but, the Royals uh, but now. It's, 
it is hard to watch the Royals. But on, on pace for, uh, what did you say a little while ago? 100, losing 100, 100. They were on pace to lose 116. So if you watch them with the Benny Hill song in the background, it's, it's a better. little bit more tolerable. <laughs> I'll have to try that yeah. next time it's on. I, it, to, in, in, in full disclosure, I have not. This is the first year I moved to Kansas City in 97. It's the first time I haven't watched a full game, and I haven't been to the ballpark. I've been to the ballpark every other year, so i got to get out and see one game. I said it. I said that uh, when they go for a hundred losses, I'll be there. Yeah, I mean you got to. No. You know what do you? The reality do? is it's just terrible. Isn't it? I, I'm full. Uh, and we traded Moose them. away. I mean, just come on. Let's just get rid of the whole team. You got to. You got to love them, though. You got to support them. They got one. We got a World Series a few years ago. You can't just jump off the bandwagon. And no. I, I know you're saying you're not saying that, but no. but uh, it is funny to watch uh, how how quickly people have just decided they're not Royals fans. It has to be hard to listen to eight ten and six ten during baseball season for the last so many months. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun now to turn him back on for football. It will. And uh, the new quarterback and that, that'll be a good time. So so you spend time with Nick at football. I golf. Now you're going to be going to see to Granite K-State. Yep. Are you going to be able to root for the Wildcats since you're a Missouri yeah. Tiger or what? Well, that's an interesting story. You know, <laughs> our, our my wife uh, is from KU. She graduated uh, with a medical technology degree. That's Amy. And then I went to Missouri, um, and uh, we everybody asked how we met each other. You know, how the heck did you guys meet each other? Because we dated through college. But uh, now we got Grant going to K-State. Uh, yes, I can root for K-State. I, I could not root for KU. <laughs> You're going to have to get one of those license plates that has Mizzou and K-State and yeah. KU and put it on the front of the car. Yeah, there's something. Uh, you're a Mizzou guy, you know. Sure. There's something about I will support KU because Amy likes is a KU fan, but – It'd be a lot harder to root for KU, K State. That's neutral territory. I'm actually excited to get out there. the The school is amazing, and the the environment is great. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for them. And what other the hobbies do you have uh, that, uh, that that you're involved with? I got I have an ongoing love hate relationship with golf. <laughs> Broken any clubs lately? No, no. no? But uh, my parents would tell you that I broke quite a few growing up as a kid. I was uh, I was I'm very competitive and and. Uh, that white ball didn't necessarily agree with me all the time. So you golfed in high school. Did, I did. you golf in college? I for, for the school. You golf for fun. I'm I sure. had a chance to, but it was a club team, and it was in a, it, it wasn't something I wanted to focus on. Sure. I uh, yeah, I started golfing when I was seven. Played all the way through high school. Um, did your dad teach you how to golf? My dad didn't take up golf till he about when I started, and he regretted that because he thought it was a great skill. So he and I kind of grew up learning golf and playing golf together which was great so mm -hmm. he was very he was very active with me with golf and my younger brother brett um who's four years younger than me he was very active and would get out and play with brett uh, who was a great pitcher and baseball player mm -hmm. so dad was always getting out and you know it may not be something that he excelled at but he's willing to get out there and, and get in the dirt and, and help us get better you're listening to mission work optional i'm your host brian sarf Today we're visiting with Brian Paulson, a personal wealth manager here at True Wealth and Company. Um, I want to uh, wrap up the final segment to talk about your community involvement, community service with Ozanam and Rotary, and just talk about uh, those two organizations you're involved with and why you're with them and what they mean to you and your family. Yeah, I, uh, that's one of the things that actually I saw as a huge benefit when I, when I moved away from IBM is I was traveling all over the place, all over the world. And when I started working for True, 
actually a couple years before that, I was able to start establishing more roots and helping out in the community. Ozanam is a, a fantastic organization. It's uh, it's a home for boys and girls that are are in. They're either their their family life is either troubled or they've started to get into a situation where they might get in trouble in life, and it helps them to develop the basic skills they need to be successful adults. Because of my golfing background, um, I got pull, I was asked, man, I, I want to say it was seven seven to 10 years ago to start helping them to, to run their, their golf tournament. So I worked with them for six years running the, uh, on the golf committee. I was the golf committee coordinator for two years and, uh, and it was a great fundraiser, um, to, is one of their primary fundraisers to help support that, uh, that group of kids. And that became a heck of a lot more important here two years ago, because there were a lot of changes as to how, the federal and state government were uh, were helping those charities. Three years ago, I started to work with Rotary, uh, Leewood Rotary, great organization. Um, I just like the camaraderie of, uh, you know, we meet weekly and it's a good opportunity just to get to know more people here in Kansas City. More importantly, their focus is again on children and families that are in need. Really all the charities that we support here locally are are geared to that. And I just think that as lucky as we are in Overland Park to have the, the basics that we need, uh, a lot of people think that that is everybody in Overland Park or everybody in Johnson County, and that couldn't be further from the truth. So I, I just, as a way of giving back for the, the blessings we've gotten, I wanted to make sure that I could help where I could with uh, families and kids that are in need. You know, I, I feel like if you help somebody when they're young, you have a mu- the ripple effect is much bigger throughout their lives. So those are two organizations I've been heavily involved in. And then I've got a friend that, uh, that I worked with at Ozanam who's now at the Children's Place, and I'm starting to uh, discuss with them how I can get more involved there. But awesome. that's what I really like focusing on is, is something in the community that helps the people that are the most vulnerable, the most in need to make their lives better. Well, thanks for being here today, Brian. I know we'll, we'll have you back on and and talk more good to hear your background and, and what you're involved with and what, what you're doing with your family and that and how you're taking the passion for, you know, proving that you can make a transition to, to get on that track to making work optional. Any Anybody out there that, that needs a great advisor to work with them that understands that transition, that understands the love and care and planning that goes into that. Brian's a phenomenal wealth manager in our office that can help you make that transition yourself. Um, so thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been awesome. I'll, awesome. I'll be here tomorrow also. <laughs> and the next day, and the next day. We'll see, see how many years we can work That's together. That's right. It'll be a good time. Yep. Uh, you've been listening to Mission Work Optional. You can subscribe to our podcast, hopefully really soon. The first one will show up on iTunes, and everything will get published out there. I know right now it's kind of uh, hunky-dory to get in there, yeah, or hokey is what I meant to say. Kind of hokey to get in there, a couple extra clicks. But we'll get it all set up. We'll make it super easy. But just give us time as we're getting this podcast off the ground and, and bringing this to you every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. We'll be there in your inbox ready to go. So thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. Remember to invest wisely, save early so you can retire on time and do what you want to. You've been listening to Mission Work Optional with Brian Sarf and Brian Paulson from True Wealth & Company. You've been listening to Mission Work Optional with True Wealth and Company. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. 
or call us at 913-653-TRUE. That's 913-653-8783. Investment advice offered through True Wealth & Company, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Kansas.